Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of my YouTube vlogs. And hello to the listeners in the ether, wherever you may be on my podcast. I'm delighted today to podcast. People are always delighted to have their guests. Let's welcome the amazing um, String Newen, Newen, um, all the way from Melbourne, uh, Australia. String is a 4X now, LinkedIn top voice. Um, has her own business, the uh, the trusted voice. Uh, is also a, a Lenovo ANZ brand uh, ambassador. I met String via the crazy world of um, Justin Michael and the riffing that we're having in um, his Discord uh, server and follow String on uh, on LinkedIn just because I love her style and her approach. So let's hear your story, String. 4X LinkedIn top voice, that's pretty cool. It is, right? Uh, and it was, and I hated LinkedIn. I'll be really honest with you. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised you, right? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Well, and it, because it's a piece of shit, that's where the opportunity lies as well. Right. Because okay. it's not a content-driven platform. It's a purely a resume platform, whereas mm -hmm. like, I see it as an opportunity to stand out. And that's what I've done is I've taken almost a, a approachable human conversation kind of style and added a almost YouTube, Instagram, flavor into LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting because, um, I mean, that's, I mean, wow, I said that's kind of caught me off guard, but that's good. Uh, in terms of the perception of the audience that I work with, a lot of people, primarily professional services, but also broader, it is this perception, even today, that LinkedIn is a resume platform. It's a recruiter cesspool. And I used to be a recruiter many moons ago. And it's people there just want to find jobs or people that are just selling me stuff that I don't don't want. And actually, for, for me, I, I agree with you that it, it has its challenges, um, but it is, it is an amazing source of content if you know where to look, but it also presents a massive opportunity for content producers, uh, if you will, um, yeah. to, get your, to get your voice out there. So what what shifted your perception in terms of if you, if you weren't so positive about LinkedIn as a, as a brand and a, and, a, and a tool per se, uh, why did you decide? Why did you still choose to take the opportunity to go right? Well, let's let's see how I can get this to work for for me. What was the what was the purpose behind it in the first place? Then I probably should like backtrack a little bit because yeah. it's like who is this person and why are they saying about this and how does she win all these awards? Because despite saying all this, and the thing is, I grip hack stuff okay. as well. I have a marketing background, mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to start. Uh, always been. As an Asian woman in Australia, I feel like I always have disadvantages against me. So my foray on the internet wasn't YouTube. And if I had to give one advice, it's start your YouTube career early because that's the one place that Google optimizes. You have like, um, you know, content that allows you to monetize your knowledge, right? And I'm all about monetizing your knowledge. Okay. Um, but I found my voice by being on internet. And I realized like the traditional nine to five job didn't work for me. Yep. So um, I graduated, I was a good daughter. My mum escaped the war uh, from Vietnam and she really wanted me to have a traditional lawyer job um, or doctor. And right. I was scared of blood. Um, apparently um, I was, uh, I don't like processes and I hate writing, <laughs> ironically. And, and, but I realized that I was super creative. So I went and um, graduated as an interior designer 
hated the nine to five job, yeah. but I found my voice and my superpower by being myself online. So I went from, uh, have you heard of Meerkat? Meerkat? Yes. Yeah. So it's, have you heard of Periscope? Are you yep. familiar yeah, with yeah, Periscope? Periscope? Live Twitter platform, yep. Yes. I. Um, this is how crazy my foray to video live streaming is. I was able to monetize my live stream by hooking up Twitter with emojis and people paying me in Bitcoin. I wish I kept all those Bitcoins at that time. Right. So yeah. I was always been able to find ways to yeah. monetize my stuff. Um, and that died because, you know, because Periscope yeah. was the one that Twitter brought. And I actually think Meerkat is a better product okay. than Periscope. Yeah. But that died. Yeah. And then I went into different video platforms and mm -hmm. Snapchat and won awards on it. And the day that I realized I couldn't monetize on Snapchat was the day that I wanted to go on Instagram. And I, I wish I went on to Instagram, but LinkedIn invited me. Like they, they literally knocked on my door. It's like, Serena, I'd love for you to be a beta video tester for LinkedIn videos. Okay, so did you have a, did you have a link? So you were on LinkedIn at that point, but you weren't really yeah. necessarily leveraging it. And they said, yeah, we're going to trial video. We can see what you're doing on other platforms around video. Could you bring that to us and see how it works is that linkedin live or just when they launched video, video. As a, just video just pure video okay yes so i'm the og on video and that's probably my thought that's when i realized like um that's kind of when i went from suzanne you went to stream really yeah. quickly because i saw the same patterns of growth and community yeah. happen mm -hmm. i had a hockey stick and i monetized it from day one because i went in all my um marketing uh agencies and cmos and anyone yeah. who's super interested in marketing and it's like, Hey, I know how to work out LinkedIn. Would you want to know? So I was able to monetize that. That's awesome. uh, yeah. Consulting back to brands going here, this is how you can leverage this tool that LinkedIn's bringing back to then turn that into cash. Cool. Yes. And, and, but I, I feel like when people come in and look at, look at me for insights on how to grow an audience on LinkedIn, because mm -hmm. it's still an organic place for you. To diminish costs, you need to own your audience, right? Yeah. YouTube has that, Instagram has that, Facebook page has that, but now you have to pay for Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is moving towards the same thing where they, uh, your LinkedIn profile is becoming your distribution channel. So yeah. if you grow an audience, you can pretty much use that as a way to be top of the funnel and push them towards something else. So um, the way I explain it is like LinkedIn is an audience building platform tool. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good content creation, if you're good at writing, creating videos, are willing to share your knowledge, people will check out your profile. And that's where um, the opportunity is that your profile is a landing page now. It's a conversion tool. That's And that's when I'm talking to people around, you know, building out their LinkedIn profiles and moving back to your earlier point around, you know, it's a resume tool. And I, I spent five years telling people, write your LinkedIn profile for your next job, write it like a CV. So I mean, I was guilty of that because I was, that's yes. how I made, made money back then. And now I'm like, you know, do you understand how a website works? Do you understand search engine optimization? Even the basics, the, the concepts of how that works. Now you need to consider that your LinkedIn profile is your own personal website. It is. Your front it is. Door. It's your front door to you. 
or yes. um, I sometimes use the example of when we could go down the high streets. Um, certainly, we're still in, you know in full lockdown here in the uh, in the UK. Um, if you walk down Regent Street or Oxford Street and you walk past an empty shop window, you walk straight past it. Right, you don't even look at it. Where if it's got an interesting, exciting, intriguing window display, you might pause at that window, look. You might take a picture. You might bookmark it in your head. You might go into the shop. You might then browse around. You might then actually buy something. And trying to get people to, to shift that thought process around, talk to your next customer. And actually, even though there are 722 million, I think the latest count is on, on LinkedIn, when someone lands on your profile, you're having a one-to-one -one conversation with them. So talk to them like a human being. <laughs> yes, for sure. And that's probably why people relate to me because I write content that's very top of the mind mm -hmm. i noticed like a particular habit where people write as if in bird and passive language as if they're writing in past tense but it's a social tool so you have to talk to them as if you're engaged you're there in front of you is another way of like i talked about in content and i've seen some and i've been all i've been doing is like analyzing different funnels and there's a few people that sells one product like a, a digital course yeah and they create three times a week three times a day they're good copywriters, by the way. And their content gets so much engagement that they look at the profile yep. and he generates about five to 10K selling his course. Fantastic. And, and when you say, and, the, and again, okay, we're kind of going all over, all over the place here, but that's fine. That's why I, yes. I enjoy these things. Um, the, the content create and this all and it all comes down to content fundamentally whatever social media platform you are on you, you are on you and i know this it's all around uh, the content in in of itself now you you are fortunate in the fact that you have you evidently have a creative mind because if you went into interior into, into interior design and probably trying to say that with your teeth in into interior design um you, you are already creative and you're already playing around with these with these other platforms and looking at video and how that can how that can work that's a very small percentage of the majority of people on linkedin in a business con con context they're fearful of i just don't even know where to start i don't even know i'm not even creative what if nobody is interested in what i've got to say or where do what where do i begin so what what's your advice for people that you that you work with in terms of what you do where they kind of feel they're kind of locked into this this self-belief they, they they can't create content they don't have a that, that creative flair so what, what would your advice be on on that either there's two ways of it you start really small Yep. Or you go in the deep end. Right. <laughs> you start really small, you just start commenting, start commenting relevantly, mm -hmm. engage with the person creating the content and build a community onto it. Commenting is content. Yep. People read comments and don't write generic, oh, great thoughts. That sounds like a bot, by the way. Yep. But engage with it, make what is the key point or key message? And it's like, I disagree with that. I actually don't mind people disagreeing with my content as well mm -hmm. because. That means they are willing to have that conversation with me and people read comments as well so just commenting is the first foray mm -hmm. if you don't know where to start but commenting is a good exercise to do it and spend 20 minutes on the platform each day just commenting on people and comment on people that you find content that's interesting because then you'll meet other interesting people along the way yeah and is that is that and again i don't want to get into the algorithm but we're going to kind of, going to have to kind of get into it a little bit of the yes yes LinkedIn. Um, is that commenting on people within your network you know or is that commenting on people's content 
outside your network that you don't know? The way to do it is that people um, we pretty much live in a bubble. Our connections is our bubble. Yep. And if you want to grow beyond our bubble, you have to actively go beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. So even just looking at hashtags yep. that within your vertical makes sense because then you get to see what kind of content it is. And I'm going to tell you truthfully, once you start hanging around in that hashtag, you realize it's that content, content on LinkedIn is generally low tier. That's why I've been able to stand out really hard fast right once you realize it's like oh it's that not i could if i if that person can do that i could do that too mm -hmm. so it kind of like lets you know what standard of content you need to create just to stand out and yeah. truthfully you just creating original content is already standing out Indeed. on linkedin is just a low threshold yeah. everyone doesn't realize it but there's very few people creating content on a daily basis only did. Yeah, in, in, indeed. And there's, you see uh, and some of the stuff, I, mean, I, I don't know whether you noticed it, but certainly when the world was like in kind of full lockdown over our summer, your um, your winter, as it were, some of the stuff that was that was cut, it was creeping in from the likes of Facebook and some of the behaviours and some of the stuff you saw on there, which was blatantly clickbait. It's like, wow, if, if LinkedIn allows this to happen, then we've got some big, big problems. They seem to have kind of got got on got on um, top of that, but I've seen a definite, I have seen a definite shift that, which I believe was now here to stay, is that LinkedIn has now become, I don't want to say less professional because I don't, I'm not one of these, this isn't link, this isn't Facebook, don't put that on there because at the end of the day, you can just scroll past and, and ignore it. But it is becoming more um, relaxed and familiar, should I say? Have you seen yeah. the side of the world yes. that well? Well, I, I always say like, um, as long as you provide value, that's the, the first point of content that you should think about. Does my content provide value? If and not, Let's just pause on that because value again is always, I hate the end of it, I'm adding value. What For me, I'll, I'll see how, I, I will talk to how I do things and then see whether you think it's, you know, a, 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 an approach that people can can take and then it'll be interested in your take on what it is. But my view on adding value is just kind of give the keys to the kingdom. I just, I can't just give it all away in terms of if you do this, this and this, this can then happen and you don't actually yeah. need to engage with me to, to do it. So I have a YouTube channel. I hints and tips on different products and services that, that I use. Kind of look, if you just do this, it, it will work. Um, my viewpoint is that humans are lazy and they go, oh my God, that's awesome, but that seems really difficult. So now we need, you know, Alex and the team's help to actually deliver this at, at scale. So that's kind of the approach that the, the, that I take. What yeah, yeah. What's your take? That's like what I call utility or very substance driven content where you feed them content to nourish them to on the how to. You're okay. very utility driven, right? Yeah. Whereas I try to be both. I know that people are emotionally driven. So how can you trigger their emotions but still make them learn at the same time? Because right. that's what that's what clickbait is. It's the, actually if we want to go really how to trigger engagement, it's how to stop people scrolling now. Yeah. And if you don't, it's usually the first line, it's your image, it's my face, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, um, you know, something that's like, catches people's attention. Okay. First you need to do is like, stop the scroll. Yeah. It's the first thing that we need to educate people on, content. So how do you, and again, and this, and, and this is the kind of the, the, the challenge with social and different audiences and different, different people. I, I see this and I see some people doing this effectively, 
like yourself and I see other people trying to do it and you think oh god you're going down the you're going down the bro the broetry route yeah I did I use broetry I use like the line my space line space but it's not so much it's not so much that it's the actual then the the it's the context of the post is like you know see I wake up at 4 30 in the morning and I do like a hundred mile run before 5 a.m and I you know feed my six kids and this and that and that and it's not really actually adding any value but it, but, it, but it does like um, reinforce that you're a family guy but there's a way of doing it where it's super arrogant and i feel like uk people and very much australian people we don't like to toot our horns mm -hmm. americans do it so naturally yeah that's true <laughs> and, <laughs> americans toot their horns so aggressively sometimes as well and yeah. and i had to learn how to do that in a way that's authentic to me and it's like how do i do it authentically i realize if i want to toot my horn i have to do it in a way that's promoting others so mm -hmm. I guess like we need to find our way of creating content and because I'm willing to experiment yeah. and people ask me, how do I like uh, promote myself without being salesy? It's like mm -hmm. just be really transparent and show your personality and your values at the same time. And um, I guess like what we need to think about is like my content is, oh, I want to provide every time you read my post, you learn something new. Okay. Whether it be about yourself, whether yeah. it be how to execute, you have to learn something new. That's the feeling that I want to give for each person like that reads that. my post. Bookmark that, I'll write that on and Yeah, on. well, right. and I noticed that um, people try to cram too much. Yeah. In one well, post. Right, okay, so they're trying to give too much information in one. Now, what do you mean by a post on LinkedIn? You mean literally the, the for how many characters you get in that post? And, yes, yeah, well, 13 characters or they don't have a very clear message. So then, and for people to have conversation with that post mm -hmm. or engage them in conversation, you need to have a clear message where they're, because people skim read. Yep. I don't expect them to read word by word, but then if you lay out, reinforce the messaging and do something to trigger the conversation, there's like, string I agree with so much. Like you just gave me an insight that will help with my business or help with my branding. And execution is hard. So yep. that's why I always, I give the kingdom to the keys because I don't expect everyone to have the no deep knowledge that I have as well. Yep. So that's my advantage. I have deep knowledge. Indeed. And I laugh. Yeah. And you do too, Alex. So that's that's why we're able to compete in the space that we do because I know that whatever information I shared today, in three months, it's going to be outdated anyway. Yeah. Or in three days, even. <laughs> I mean, the rate the world is uh, is going, uh, and also, I guess you know, we we have the advantage is that whilst we we have our our brands, we have to be careful in terms of how one projects that. It does give us the freedom to experiment and make mistakes. Whereas, and again, some of the organisations I work with, especially in the legal in the legal space, risk averse big business employees feel that <clears throat> I don't I, I don't want to push the boundaries in case the the brand police come down on me because that doesn't fit within the overall constructs of the business values and um you know proposition that they're offering so how, how does one kind of get around not Lenovo, that, but deal with that yeah Lenovo does a good job um if you look at the all the c levels and there are certain people who are naturally con good content creators mm -hmm. they create content with knowing that they're representing their brand but they have the creative control to articulate what that mean, the vision means. And Lenovo's, uh, I'm just using Lenovo as an example because they're a global brand. So I'm just taking a recipe from them 
which is they have a every two years they have a different mantra or a different vision statement or campaign and this time it's spanner technology for all but when i talk to every employee c levels to the managers they all have their own different interpretation of that thing okay that aligns with their values that's and they and they they are allowed then to express that on you know online wherever that might be that that's really cool that's also forward thinking that also then demonstrates that you've got a leadership team which understands how to monetize this at the at the end of the day and give your your your, your staff some freedom to do that <clears throat> as long as it hangs off those those brand values but however they they interpret it but they also have really strong pr team or trainings they probably you know drum into the vision and make them do communication exercises and made sure that everyone has their own interpretation. But every person I spoke to have their own interpretation of it and that aligns with their values. So that's what I was, that's what one thing that Lenovo taught me when I was hanging out with them in China and in different places. Yeah, that's, uh, that's again, I, I, again, I will tell you, that's really, really good because again, some organizations I work with, you kind of ask them what you ask, you know, 10 different employees, what is the, what is the value? What is the vision of the business? <laughs> can't even answer they don't even know like, uh, yeah, and and that's a that's a i actually think that's a fault of the leadership because the leadership should able to the role of the leader should reinforce the mission yeah. and the vision and also the product of what they're serving because if for example if every joe and joanne go into a barbecue and or to a bar and it's like where do you work they have to pitch the business yeah like what does that do so if they don't articulate in the way that's authentic or that's misaligned that's lost business opportunity for you there yeah no i think that's and i think it's not and it's not easy for you know lenovo can do it i think anybody can do it it's just that shift in mindset and that that kind of thought process so around so kind of i get the content piece i get the add value add value but you see it's the emotional connection as much as the utility aspect and if you can you know play off the uh, play off the two the, the next piece on this, and I do believe that sometimes I over, I over, we all over-engineer things and overthink things in terms of the bloody algorithm on uh, on LinkedIn and what is and what you should and shouldn't do, and and so on and um, and so forth. And there's definitely I've noticed a change in the last couple of weeks in the way certainly video is performing. Um, native video for me views have crashed, but bizarrely. Um, I then tried experimented earlier this week with a YouTube link of a six minute six minute video, and that's flying. And historically, oh, what? YouTube links didn't go anywhere. Now YouTube links seem to be going somewhere, which is like, okay. What? I need to do that. You, you could make me experiment now. No, I was least. like, bollocks to this. If I'm going to be penalized in terms of my videos, we're getting anything, my, especially my Ask Alex videos, would track anywhere between, you know, a thousand views would be the bottom end, five to 10,000 views would be the, the, the top end regularly on a Friday. The last two struggled to get north of 500. And I'm like, what? I, what? I actually hate. I actually try not to post my best content on Fridays. Interesting. I kind, I, of built my, I kind of built myself, a, the, the, the challenge I now have is that I have a small community that expect to see my Friday video. <laughs> yeah, you have to retrain them because Friday is actually not the, is like the worst days where people are technically switch off. Okay. Of so when you, what day do um, you- I find the best happen? days happen is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Do you believe that to be globally as well? So it doesn't matter where in the world. Yeah, you're... but it's also based on what I call the um, 
the transit time, but I feel like COVID now has changed so much. Yeah. Usually I find that it's, it's nine. Upstairs, downstairs or one room. Yeah. <laughs> and actually people ask me, it's like stream, your content hasn't been popping up because actually I've been moving more to stream time zone. Yeah. But I know, but I have to really cater to my USA audience. Yeah. So, um, and my USA, that's where my, most of my audience is, is in the USA. So I should really shift probably twice a day, but yeah. I don't really want to post two times a day to tell the truth. Yeah. That's, that means I have to create 30 pieces of content to 60 pieces of content. That's a lot of content. And is every single piece of content you, you, you post unique then, or do you repurpose content that you... The way I should, you know, I have enough content now that I probably could like recycle a lot of my content from six months ago yep. to back again. Cause that's when I noticed like every six months is a new wave. Yep. So I should probably just recycle that content again. But that's got pissed off my existing content. So it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, if anything, what I try to do is like, I look at my data and find what the content that does the best mm -hmm. and push them back into the pipeline. Yeah. That's what I should do, if you anything, because I, I actually have a lot of original pieces of content. So I just need to recycle them again. Because the way that LinkedIn works is it's a timeline. It yeah. doesn't save or archive your old content in six months ago. No, it's massively annoying the way that it, you, you, I mean, the way that you curate your content on LinkedIn is is, is is crap, especially video. I'm like, have a dedicated video channel, please. It cannot be that hard um, to find. I, your I, <laughs> I actually requested that from day one when I met up with them because then one of my feedback about LinkedIn video is like, dude, stop. I don't want a timeline. Can you make it more YouTube centric? Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a waste of our time. And they haven't changed. And no. I think they don't. They doubt they're going to change because. Um, most of them, if, but I do feel like um, there's some disadvantages of creating content on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to share that. Yeah. Is that when you push out content, it has a very short time span. You probably um, noticed this right up. Well, LinkedIn. again, weird thing, weird things happening. Some of my, I'm getting people engaging on card fun posts. I'm like, you know, someone's liked your post. I'm like, what? I posted that six months ago, or like four weeks ago, or like. What the hell's going on? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> but uh, but you have, but you continue to post content because people are locals, right? They probably come up to you saying, "I read your content, I really enjoy it," but they yeah. don't engage. Do you ask them why they don't engage? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> you should ask them that. It's like, oh, next time, I love it if you comment into it because that means that um, I know that you're watching. Because at the moment, it feels like I'm not talk I'm talking to ghosts, but it would be really nice to know that you're watching. So just ask them next time, like, why don't they comment? And that could come back to the full circle, back to the behavioral piece. They're fearful of commenting. They're fearful of all my, you know, questions asked, but will everybody see what I'm doing? And I'm like, well, in theory, yes. But in practice, yeah. no, because of the way that everything works, the way the social media, social media works. And I've had some quite robust conversations with elderly folk going, what do you mean not all of my connections see what I do on LinkedIn? I said, because that's just the way social media works. Go and have a conversation with engineering at LinkedIn. It's nothing to do with me. Um, so what around, so that's interesting because when I create content, uh, I kind of create five unique uh, posts for, for that same piece of content and then kind of work out which one performs best and then repurpose that. I have Shields, um, I now use Lately to help kind of automate um, the, the content scheduling and also the content posts themselves. It's a really cool piece of um, uh, cool piece of tech. I'll send you the video if you haven't seen what it, uh, what it does. Yeah, please do. It's changed how certainly my podcasts have now just done that in terms of downloads since um, using it because I can turn a 30 minute podcast like this into like 130 tweets. 
and every tweet, yeah. every tweet is unique, but it's our conversation. So it's, it's transcribing this. Anyway, I, 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 I digress. I'll send you the send you the. Um, oh, I've been. Um, I think the reason why I won or been four times LinkedIn top voice is um, is that I have a strong audience. People think I have connections, but yeah. even though I have like forty three thousand followers, yeah, only about. Uh, and I also have newsletters, mm -hmm. which is another feature that I feel like is is actually um, contributing to my growth this year. Yeah. Um, because I have like a 20, um, 20 to 30% open rate with my newsletters and, and it's 20,000. It's like, so it took me three or four years to reach up to 43,000 followers mm -hmm. and only have um, first connections about 6,000, like 6,000 yeah. first connections. So I have a very strong following count, mm -hmm. but the engagement is getting lower, I noticed yeah. with my post. But on my newsletters, I feel like I should just focus all my energy on newsletters because it's 30% um, open rate. Well, 25 to 30 percent open rate and i have 20,000 subscribers there and it took me one year to reach that number that's awesome i haven't got i mean i'm waiting for news for me to get the newsletter access i know they're now rolling rolling it out because i think email it's interesting email marketing and email newsletters are coming full full circle again and there was an interesting piece yesterday on on TechCrunch around the death of ad tech and how as consumers we're fed up with social media platforms we're fed up with you know adverts, adverts following us around the internet and our data being abused and they're actually saying that actually brands are now finding that email when it's in a trust from a trusted brand email campaigns are now performing much better than ad campaigns and kind of so on and i think that's this an interesting dynamic right yeah and um i think i'm um i'm contributing to the creator economy because i noticed that a lot of like um brands and even individuals within the like c-level ones mm -hmm. um, c-level business owners uh, decided to build up their audiences and they realized that linkedin could be a great distribution point for them because it increases the decreases the touch points yeah or increases the touch points mm -hmm. of their potential customers so then they um the buy-in is much faster now and to do that it's because it takes like one used to talk free phone calls to reach someone mm -hmm. is requires 10 now from yeah. emails from social posts so they should treat linkedin as another way for them to increase the touch points with their potential buyers no, and, and, and that's how I, and that's how i see it as uh, and uh, i've been working with like people who are and you and we didn't have a conversation about community and that itself is a big one too because you have audiences yep. but that's a passive conversation mm -hmm. then you have community which is an active conversation and if leverage well could be a, a huge amplifying piece and could save you so much money in terms of ads and what do you in terms Plus. of community indeed and in terms of community i think what i've seen you know explode over the last you know six months or so um since all this you know th this happened if you think about something like rev genius with jared and gallum who have built that from scratch to i think there's six seven thousand you know, in, now. in in that insane slack i just can't keep up now and the slack notifications within uh, within that you've got justin michael in terms of what he's created with the sales borgs in his discord server from zero to i think we're close to a thousand in um uh, in that one there's andy foot i'm in his facebook group around linkedin experts almost of a thousand people so there's every this need and this desire for a community for people to come together and just share insights and riff off each other so it do you, is a community does it need to be in a in a not closed environment because Rev Genius isn't a closed environment, but separate to that, or can can you build a community per se on a public social media platform such as as LinkedIn? Facebook, like for, uh, LinkedIn groups. I'm used to like really believing LinkedIn groups, but the notification is a 
Yeah. Not so good. No. Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, right? Facebook groups really good. <laughs> if Facebook groups is, gives you analytics, tells you who's active, yeah. all these things that you need to know who who are your true fans as well. Yeah. And LinkedIn does link. This is another thing is like LinkedIn doesn't give you the audience analytics, and I care about that more than engagement. Uh, yeah, my metric, my metric for LinkedIn is not how many views you get or how many total views you get per month. It's how many profile views I get per month or every 30, you know, every 30 90 days. days. Yeah, so that's like a kind of, like, it's like my website where I was like, oh, this is how many people are visiting me now. Okay, so interesting. I agree that I don't really bother about the, 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 I had a bit of a wobble last week when I was like, LinkedIn are throttling my content. I'm like, they're not. It's just something's happened. Just keep doing what you're, um, uh, you're doing. It's the quality, it's the quality of the view, not necessarily the quantity of the view. But again, profile views, I'm, I'm religiously look at that to make sure it's the right type of person that, um, is looking at my profile versus some random person that's never necessarily buy what I uh, what I do. And interestingly, I don't know whether it's that there's a tipping point. I I average 1,800 views over a, over a 90 period day. Someone who's a forex LinkedIn top voice. What what are you averaging? Well, um, the person who makes about five to ten k in sales has thirty thousand profile visits. I'm averaging about six thousand. When I peaked, I had twenty two thousand when I was doing videos every day every day and how do you so at 30k that's almost too it's too that's almost that's almost too much to even understand what the hell other than that's amazing because obviously that's massive visibility i'm then going to assume that within that 30k there's a large portion of the audience that want to buy what he does and yeah, then go, he, and then he go has, buy he has he's like a very niche thing um it's josh Braun, so he has a very okay. and even just check out his headlines like check out my profile he has a very aggressive approach okay. content goes to his profile like you check check out his headline mm -hmm. it's check out his profile okay. and everyone checks out his profile it's a beautiful piece of content that's like um his profile is literally a conversion tool convert okay i'll check it out josh braun and he's basically yeah. he based in the us he based in your, your yes usa. usa and he does like he does like um outreach emails so he's a good copywriter a good copywriter okay yeah, copy yeah. Um, so, you know, being able to write as well certainly uh, certainly helps and i'm not promoting myself because i all i do is look at look for these case studies because i i like analyzing them and reverse engineering them and then seeing what works and what doesn't work yeah. because um and the fact that he validated my hypothesis of LinkedIn being a good tool, but you need to know who your audience is, you need to position it, and you need to have a very strong product in many ways. And everyone has that, right? Um, it's just like people don't know how to position themselves on LinkedIn because they put, they, actually what they do is they put the headlines as if, if it's like a job title. I notice people do speaker, diversity, mm -hmm. inclusion, uh, advocate, yeah. author, um, and they do that when it's really your pitch line. Yeah. Um, and having right. very strong call to actions, like check out my profile. I see, I thought I'm annoyed because I thought about, you know, click here to find out more. So my, I play, I changed mine this uh, um, yesterday or the day before. Um, I'm now your digital Magellan and playing on yeah. the, you as the first person to navigate the world and then go on to the story around how I'll help you navigate, blah, 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 blah. That's I great. Thought, I thought about having click here. Even, yeah, just like say, um, learn more uh click on my profile to learn more something like a very very strong call to action, call to action. yeah yeah i might, I might I, I, it's interesting since i've made my change my connection requests have gone up 
I have no yeah. idea if that's necessarily to do with the change in my headline and the change in my about section and, and so on. But I'm always, I've had accelerating social through serendipity. I had digital soothsayer for a while, which people liked. Um, cutting through the digital bullshit. I always just kind of, you know, change it and um, uh, and play around with it. So, um, oh, oh, can I go? Can I go back to the um, community thing? And I think it's really important because um, I feel like we didn't touch on that one. Because I see that's the. I'm always about the next two years of trends and community is the next year of trends because people need to niche themselves um, because we can't meet in person anymore. So yeah. having these communities mm -hmm. who are very like-minded with the same interests is an opportunity to connect and network with people who are going with the same interests and same vision yeah. as well. Um, and um, where can people do this? It's interesting. You need to have all. You need an audience first, or you need to like um, tap into different distributions to start funding them to the community. Mm -hmm. But you have to look after the community. Uh, if there's no engagement, no one wants to hang out. If yep. there's nothing delightful, no one wants to hang out. And um, Salesbook does it really beautifully because you get to see someone do live. Like cold cold. calls. Yeah. Which is like watching fire, right? Like <laughs> See, even you're giggling about it because I don't know anyone else who has do that with a pie dollar and every phone call he picks up, you, you get to see magic happen. Yeah, it, it is. And I think it's also just, it's also, it's also plain to the medium that the audience and the age profile is used to. That's the other thing is he's doing something which is totally normal for actually, when you've seen what, how it's, how it's lit up within Discord, it, it is amazing. But then everybody, you know, learns from it, email teardowns. What I also love about that is everyone's been really open. There's no selling, there's no anything like that. Everyone's like, look, this is my template. This this works, feel free to use it and shape it how you see um, you, you fit. It, which is the ironic thing about selling. You expect selling people to help in selling, but it's very much a utility-driven platform where we it's about how to increase sales and improve your your career as a salesperson, yeah. which is a totally different mindset. And I think that mindset is um, is culturally what's resonating within that community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that not. I think I believe that you know, sales feels like it's the the it's it's the kind of the forgotten child within an organisation. You're, you're just you're just salespeople. You're cannon fodder. We we can replace you. You look at all the stats around sales generally in terms of poor performance and this and that and that. But evidently, I said you know Rev Genius, all these things. There's a massive need and want from the sales community for help. So they just go and build it themselves without yes. you know, not leaders that have done this. It's just salespeople that have gone and um, uh, gone on and um, uh, and done this. So uh, and I know you know, one of the organizations that we work with, um, they've created a ma really powerful community around the, the chief information security officer. Use social as a way to draw people into this kind of private community. And since using social to drive that more effectively, this community is just, has just you know grown and there's engagement. And that's the that's the key thing. And back to LinkedIn groups, I think that's where LinkedIn groups also fell down, is the way you engage in LinkedIn groups is just not very it's very clunky, let alone you don't get any of the analytics um, uh, behind it. So, um, wow, there's so much here. Fried chicken. You said we're going to oh. get fried chicken. Yeah. You've got fried chicken in your, um, in your profile and you, you talk about fried chicken in some of your social media posts. Well, um, I'm going to give you two choices, Alex. <laughs> should we, should we, should I tell you the framework of personal branding or do you want to know how to um, learn how to use social properly using fried chicken? Which one would like benefit your people the most? How to use social properly or 
personal great branding framework? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I'm gonna allow you to choose. Okay, I'm gonna um, give you the personal fr- personal branding framework because we've been talking about personal fr- branding. So I have this framework called the seven Bs, and this is where Fried Chicken will come into work. With the first B, you need to know your vision. What's like the kind of impact that you want to be known for, but also you want to do to the world. Values, there's two types of values. There's your business values, like what is your unique selling point? And the second values is what makes you authentic is your values, personal values. Like my values is I'm creative and I believe in diversity and I always need to be innovative in the space as well. So that's my values, right? Third one is Vogue, which is a German word for Volkswagen. It's like people's for the cars. Yep. So you need to know who you're creating content for. The faster that you know your audience, it's not about creating content for yourself. It makes sense for you to start off to create content for yourself. But once you switch to audience building, you need to know who your audience is. Who is your target market? Who do you want to serve? Fourth one is your visuals. This is where fried chicken comes in. Okay. I am very meta and I'm all about symbolism. So when you see fried chicken, you can all see KFC, you go pick up string. It's like, I don't know what string does, but I know she likes fried chicken. Yep. And like every day there's a metric where my KPI is like, how many people will send me fried chicken stories per day? And I get one per day. Got you. Yeah. That's, that's like- that's, it, that's Building on the what you were saying in the earlier is around emotions. Yes, and memories. Yeah, that's my hook. But like, I I have a feeling that symbolism is a powerful tool. People forget faces, forget people. You know, we get so busy with our life. Mm -hmm. But if I um, brand associate you with something that you love and adore or hate, you will remember me. Fried chicken has a universal appeal. Even vegans hate it. Um, uh, and then there's voice. <laughs> oh my God. I get into I get voices, ah. right? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, voice, right? What is your key content pillars, or what is the message that you want to convey? We also like mine's video, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. personal branding, and yours is probably there's certain topic pillars that you're yeah. known for, content pillars that you're known for. And validation is like what it's a metric of success, mine's profile visits and the amount of fried chicken that I get per day. And uh, and victory is like, how do you monetize this? It's all about, even if you don't realize it, but you should think about this as a business model. A good content creator should start thinking like a business model, mm-hmm. a business person now. Yep. And that's the seven Vs. Seven Vs, awesome, absolutely love it. String, it's been an absolute joy to uh, have you on here. I feel we could talk forever. You've thrown in some curveballs again just now. I love it. Um, where can people, I know this is a really stupid question because we've been talking about it, but where can people um, follow you, find you? What's the, Where's the best place to connect as it were? I'm growing my YouTube actually. So I will love it if you go to String Story. Perfect. Um, I'm, and on LinkedIn, just reach out and say, I found you on Alex. Uh, podcast because I get a lot of inbound. So even you're just writing that uh, on Alex podcast, yes, then I know where you're coming from because I'm happy to connect with people that listen to my stuff. That's what fried chicken does. From fried chicken, I'm happy to connect with other people who prefer fried chicken. I love fried chicken, barbecue chicken, chicken wings, and all all over it. Um, Perfect. I'll put the links to your YouTube channels. I'll put the links to your um, uh, your uh, your LinkedIn profile. But I appreciate it's late in the late in the evening for you over in Melbourne. Thank you so much. 
and to my audience um, who are watching, thank you. Uh, to my audience, our audience in the ether, wherever you are listening, thank you very, uh, thank you very much. Please do check out uh, String as she says. Please do mention uh, this podcast as ever. If there's anybody that you think I should get on this podcast or this vlog, uh, let me know. But wherever you are in the world, stay safe, keep well, and I will see you all on the flip side as usual.